Welcome back, everybody, to Rams Up, your favorite L.A. Rams podcast. You can also follow us on YouTube. Got some great video content. Our YouTube handle is at L.A. Rams Up. You can follow us on Instagram as well. I'm your host, Mark. Let's get to it. Welcome back, Ram fans, and what a crazy way to wrap up a crazy but forgettable season. The Rams fall to the Seahawks 19-16 in overtime. It was a hell of a game, it really was. Gotta give our Rams credit for bringing it, especially on defense. Before we get into anything, I wanted to mention Russ Yeast, the Rams' safety, is in a Seattle hospital with a coronary contusion a chest-lung injury of sorts. Apparently he's doing okay, but I wanted to mention that off the top. We all knew he was out of the game, but it was a little more serious than we were led to believe. So hoping everything turns out for Russ, I'm sure it will. Back to this game, you know, every Ram game, I'm fully invested. I don't care what's on the line or what's not on the line. And while I'm not happy with the result, there's a lot to digest here. And lots to be happy about and maybe a few things to be bummed about. But I'm going to choose on this day to drink a glass that is half full rather than half empty. Gotta be pumped with how hard this team played in a game that meant little to them. Our Rams came to play and almost ended the Seahawks season. And in fact, with a few non-calls by the refs, perhaps we would have won this game going away. So great outing by the Rams. Not the result we wanted. But I'm not going to bang on our players or our coaching staff. I was pretty pleased with what I saw overall, especially on defense. Offense had the struggles they've had all year. But there are still a few things even on the offensive side to be happy about. We're going to get to our basic stuff here, but I encourage you to stick around for our third segment after the game capture. I'll have a lot to say about some individual players and performances. I'll quickly review my fearsome four keys to this game. Number one, the Rams got to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. And, you know, at the opening of this game, they actually went to the pass a lot more than I thought they should. But they ended up running the ball pretty good. Akers had his third straight 100-yard game. So overall, a success there. Fearsome key number two, red zone defense. It was excellent, right? Especially that goal line stand at the end there. The first team all year to deny the Seahawks a touchdown when they're first in goal. They gave up the longer touchdown to Tyler Lockett, but defense got it done all day long. And that one breakdown was when the Rams were scrambling to find safeties that could stay on the field. Here's some key number three. I thought Baker Mayfield was going to have to make some plays off schedule, and he was on the run a lot, and I don't think he really played that well, scrambling and extending plays. He looked a little slow today. Had a chance to make a big play to Van Jefferson at the end there. He makes that play. The Rams probably win, but overall, not a horrible outing by Baker Mayfield. Not a good one either, and especially making plays off schedule, a little disappointing. Here's some key number four, win the turnover battle. And we did. The problem was we didn't turn those takeaways into touchdowns. Quentin Lake had another interception that was dropped. We would have had three there. And then the one time we did turn the ball over, Seahawks turned it into the game-winning field goal. 
So two out of four ain't bad, I guess, but not enough to win this game on the road against a team that had to win. My prediction was Rams 27, Seahawks 24. Not bad. If you took the referees out of this game, that might have been the score. Go over some team stats real quick. Mayfield, 13 of 26 for 147 yards and the late interception. That pass kind of looked like a John Wolford pass, to be honest with you. Hate to say it. Akers, the 104 yards rushing. Van Jefferson had nearly half of our receiving yards, 61 to be exact. Ramsey had the two interceptions. Sacks by Quentin Lake, Leonard Floyd, and Michael Hoyt. Michael Hoyt, that guy is showing up on the stat sheet over and over again. He's an exclusive rights free agent, meaning the Rams will definitely find a way to secure him, bring him back for another year. On the Seattle side, Geno Smith, 19 for 31 for 213 yards, had the one TD and the two interceptions. Kenneth Walker III finished with 114 yards rushing. We held Metcalf to 40 yards receiving. Lockett had 54 yards, but only four catches, had two big catches. And the Seattle defense got to Mayfield five times. What does it all mean? Well, for the Rams, it means they finish in third place with a 37th pick in the draft. So they'll have that third place schedule. They will get the Giants, Saints, Colts, and Packers. That Packer game will be in Green Bay again. Every time we play the Packers, it seems like it's in December or January, and it's 12 degrees outside. Can we play them in September, please? Before we get on to our game capture, and like I said, we're going to follow that with an extensive look at player performances and such, big plays of the game and all that. I wanted to mention what we have coming down the pipe with the season over for the Rams In an upcoming episode, possibly as early as Friday, we're going to take a look at all of the X-Rams, how they did this year, where we got it right and where we got it wrong as far as trading away players or letting players walk. And in the next few weeks, I'm going to have my old friends Paul Walia and Tom Kortz back on, and we're going to take a look back at the whole season. What should we be happy about? What pisses us off? Where do we go from here? And what might we do in the draft? What should our focus be in the draft and free agency? And we'll we'll be fully invested in the draft as that gets closer and closer. Lots of good stuff coming. And in the next couple episodes, I'll also be taking a look at which Rams perhaps played their last game for us. Lots of free agents. And we also have to talk about the Sean McVay soap opera. Is he going or is he staying? And you can check out a YouTube short I produced just this morning, Sunday morning, on that very subject, presenting a few candidates we should consider should Sean McVay move to the broadcasting booth. So next up, the game capture, and then we'll be back with a closer look at player performances, key plays of the game, and all that good stuff. Time for our game capture, our last Rams game capture of the 2022 season. First quarter, Seattle gets the ball first. Yes, the Rams finally won a coin toss and deferred. And on Seattle's first play, Jalen Ramsey steps in front of a Geno Smith pass and returns it to the Seattle 11. But the Rams can't turn it into a touchdown, a tip pass, an acres run. 
and then a pass to Akers only down to the four, so they get that 23-yard field goal to go up three to nothing. Seattle's second possession, two runs by Walker get them out to the 39. They convert a third and six to lock it, and then a nine-yard run and a 27-yard run. They get down to the Rams' 14. A penalty pushes them back third and 15 from the 19, and Troy Hill knocks away a would-be touchdown pass. Seattle ties it up with a field goal. It's 3-3. Three to three. Rams' next possession, Kobe Bryant gets Mayfield on a first down cornerback blitz. Rams end up going three and out, and DJ Dallas returns a punt, a poor punt, very low, not a lot of hang time, and Dallas gets it to the Rams' 48. Geno Smith scrambles for a first down, scrambles for another nine, and then Kenneth Walker, the third, to the Rams' 23. But on third and 14, Rapp makes a tackle short of the line to gain, and Seattle settles for another field goal. It's 6-3 Seahawks. Rams' next possession takes them into the second quarter. On third and one, Akers rips off a 32-yard run. But on third and three from the Seattle 27, Mayfield is sacked, and the Rams settle for their field goal, and it's tied up once again 6-6. Seattle goes three and out on their next possession. Ernest Jones making a big play on a screen pass. Rams get the ball back at their own 32. Pick up a couple first downs, but punt, and the ball carries into the end zone. Robert Rochelle unable to snag it before it goes into the end zone, and the ball comes out to the 20. Seattle picks up one first down, and this is a drive where Quentin Lake appeared to have an interception and appeared to have a fumble as well and they end up ruling it incomplete, and Seattle ends up punting. The Rams backed up their own 13 with 3.39 left. Third and six, a 35-yard pass to Van Jefferson. Nice pickup on a screenplay by Tyler Higby on third down. Powell, an inside reverse to the 16, and then Tutu Atwell, another reverse, takes it in for the touchdown. A nice block by Tyler Higby on that play. And Seattle has one last possession. Can't get anything done. Michael Hoyt has a sack. Taylor Rapp, a big hit on Tyler Lockett on the sideline. Was not going to be a completion anyways. Seahawks punt it away, and the Rams take a knee to run out the clock. So we go to halftime. Rams 13, Seahawks 6. Thanks to that late 2-2 Atwell touchdown. Baker Mayfield just 7 of 12 for 88 yards. Cam Akers 9 rushes for 59 yards. The Rams' leading receiver is Van Jefferson on that one catch for 35 yards. On the Seattle side, Geno Smith 8 for 13 for just 46 yards, and the interception could have easily been two interceptions. Kenneth Walker 10 rushes for 41 yards, DJ Dallas 2 for 29. And the leading receiver for the Seahawks, Noah Fant, 3 catches for 13 yards. Metcalf and Lockett, a pretty quiet first half. Go to the third quarter. Akers, three runs, comes up inches short. Rams go it forward on fourth down, and Akers converts. But two incompletions in a sack, and the Rams punt. Seattle gets the ball at their own 12, and they go 88 yards in five plays. The TD pass, a 36-yarder to Tyler Lockett. How many times has this guy scored on long TDs against us? But it's tied up 13-13. to Rams' second drive of the second half. They take over at the 19, a pass to Jefferson for 14. Mayfield scrambles for a first down. A big run by Tutu into 
Seahawk territory, but the drive stalls Matt Gay with a 38-yarder, but the Rams have the lead back 16-13. Seattle's next possession, Floyd gets a big hit on Geno Smith, and Ramsey gets his second interception of the day, setting up the Rams at their own 41. But nothing comes of that drive. They punt it right back to Seattle. We're in the fourth quarter now. Seattle has the ball at their 17, a three and out. They punt it right back to the Rams. Rams pick up one first down, but have to punt it back. Seattle left their own 15, 935 left in the game. And this is when things start to get kind of fun and crazy. And those weird things that happen in Seattle, only in Seattle and always in Seattle's favor, they start to happen once again. Seattle's at their own 15 with 9.35 left. The Rams force another three and out. And then on the punt, they call running into the punter. It's a fourth and three play. Really questionable call. Let's be brutally honest. That should not have been called there. But it gives Seattle a first down. And sure enough, Seattle goes on a long drive. to get all the way down to a fourth and one at the Rams 13. They convert. But the Rams defense holds inside the five. Jalen Ramsey making a great play on the sideline to force a third down play. And Taylor Rapp blows that play up. And the Seahawks have to settle for a field goal. So it's 16 to 16. Rams go three and out on the ensuing possession. Great punt by Riley Dixon. And this is the play where Robert Rochelle cannot keep it out of the end zone. Would have been at the one, inside the one. Instead, it comes out to the 20. Seattle puts together a nice drive. A big run by Geno Smith for 25 yards. And this is the play they call the penalty on Jalen Ramsey. Ramsey obviously could have gotten out of his way, but he chose not to. And it looks like he hit Geno Smith, and he really didn't. He was more or less just standing there, stiffened up his shoulder, absorbed the blow, and it looked bad. It was not a personal foul. If anyone should have gotten a personal foul on the play, it was DK Metcalf for pushing on Jalen Ramsey's helmet. Really should have just been no calls either way, but they get a gift 15 yards out of that. But what happens next? But the usually reliable Jason Myers has his kick hit the post and bounce back. No good. So we go to overtime. In overtime, Seattle wins a toss. It likes to receive, which surprised me. But they go three and out and kick it back to the Rams. The Rams at their own 26. They're facing a second and 15 after a broken play. And Van Jefferson breaks free deep up the left sideline. Baker Mayfield puts too much air on it and it's intercepted. And once again, Seattle has the ball. And once again, a no call in favor of Seattle. It was borderline taunting for sure, but... Those are the type of calls or non-calls that always go in Seattle's favor in these games, it seems like to me anyways. So Seattle has the ball at their own 36. They put together on second and 10, Geno Smith hits Tyler Lockett for 17 yards and then Kenneth Walker for 20 yards. Now they're at the Rams 27. They pick up one more first down at the Rams 17. And then on third down, they kick the 32-yard field goal for the 19-16 win. Final score, Seahawks 19, Rams 16. Well, the NFL playoff picture is finally locked in, and my go-to place for wild card round action is DraftKings Sportsbook. To kick off the road to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. 
Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wild card round this weekend. Just place any bet of your choice, and if it loses, you'll get a free bet back up to $10. Action is so good, why bet NFL playoffs anywhere else? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code TPPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Take a closer look at this Rams game, the 19-16 loss in overtime to the Seattle Seahawks. What were my fearsome four big plays of the game? Well, fearsome big play number one was that early interception by Ramsey led to an immediate three points for the Rams. In this game, where only 32 points were scored in regulation, that was significant. Got the Rams off to a good start. Now, you might think that drop by Quentin Lake The drop of the interception was a big play, but the Rams cut the ball back shortly after that anyways. It's 6-6 late in the second half, third and six from the Rams, 17. And this is my first and big play number two. Baker Mayfield connects with Van Jefferson for 35 yards. That led to the Rams' only TD of the game, gave the Rams a 13-6 lead at halftime. First and big play number three, the Seahawks' first possession of the second half, Rams still up 13-6. to The Rams' secondary is missing a bunch of guys. We're already missing Jordan Fuller and Nick Scott. Russ Yeast was out of the game. Taylor Rapp had to step out briefly, and the Seahawks take advantage. Geno Smith to lock it for a 36-yard touchdown. Game tied 13-13. to And you know what? Troy Hill actually had pretty good coverage on that play. Here's some big play number four. The Rams were up 16-13. They force a three and out, or did they? The Seahawks get the questionable call, running into the kicker, giving them a first down, and they capitalize, driving for the tying field goal to make it 16-16. Now, if the Rams had won, we'd also be talking about that goal line stand. Those plays are defensive line and Taylor Rapp and Jalen Ramsey made inside the three-yard line. And maybe we should also mention that 25-yard run by Geno Smith in overtime with the 15-yard personal foul tacked on afterwards. That would definitely be big play number five. Some game notes worth noting. Tyler Higby went into this game needing 13 yards to get to 600 yards receiving and a $500,000 bonus, and he did. He got it. So congratulations, Tyler. Not his best year, really. He had a lot of drops in the middle of the season, but closed pretty strong. Had a really good blocking effort in this game as well. Cam Akers, three straight games with 100 yards. The first one to do that since Todd Gurley in his rookie year. Is that true? can't believe he didn't do that in 2017 or 2018. The announcers mentioned Ty Niseki left the game, and I wasn't sure who replaced him. I finally figured it out. It was A.J. Akuri in that left tackle at the end of the game. So the rookie tackle finally getting some significant action. Bryson Hopkins did not have a reception in this game. Not sure he even had a target, but he lined up twice at fullback. I hadn't seen that before. At least I don't think they've done that. So that was a little bit of a twist. Remember early in the year, they're running 
Ben Skaronic out of that fullback spot today in the Seattle game. It was Bryson Hopkins. And we saw a lot of guys finally getting extensive action. I mentioned Quentin Lake. TJ Carter was run out there at safety for a few plays. Ernest Brown showing up early in the game, especially Bobby Brown had an impact on this game. So it's really nice to see some young guys finally making some plays, finally getting a chance to make some plays. Get into our player props here. Game balls. Who gets game balls? Well, you know what? I'm going to name three guys right off the top. Jalen Ramsey, Taylor Rapp, and Bobby Wagner. All three of these guys, you think it was the Super Bowl. The way they played, the way they bring it. And I know a lot of Ram fans are disappointed with Taylor Rapp and would like to see him gone. But I kind of get it. But at the same time, Taylor Rapp brings it every single play the entire season. He has his shortcomings, but give him some credit for that. And Jalen Ramsey, he's a beast every down as well. Bobby Wagner, you could tell this game was important for him. All three of these guys bringing it on a cold, rainy day in a meaningless game. And as I said, the young guns, Bobby Brown, Ernest Brown, Michael Hoyt, Quentin Lake. I'm not sure how these guys are going to grade out. I think Hoyt will grade out pretty well and Bobby Brown too. But nice to see them contributing, showing up on the stat sheet. They look like they could be players we could turn to next year because we're going to be losing some guys. Quentin Lake, by the way, finished with six tackles and two assists. And I'm going to give a game ball to Cam Akers once again, really playing hard, running hard, showing some power and elusiveness in the run game, in the passing game. Cam Akers, hey, maybe we don't need to draft a running back next year. Maybe someone late in the sixth or seventh round or pick up someone to round out the running back room, come back with Cam Akers and Kyron Williams, perhaps we'll be okay. Now, who had off games? Well, I'm going to say Baker Mayfield, not his best performance. Seemed a little slow, seemed a little indecisive, and missed one big opportunity to Van Jefferson. And as much as I like Baker Mayfield, and as much as I appreciate he has contributed this season, I don't think he's the answer for the Rams. If any of you are thinking that, that he's a long-term answer for this team, he is not. Maybe just a backup, but I don't think he's going to settle for that. Maybe he will. Maybe he will. We'll have to see what other offers he gets. And our gunners. Today was Robert Rochelle. Our punt coverage, our gunners on punt coverage, just, I don't know, man. Most times it just looks like they are junior varsity high school players trying to make tackles and down punts. That's all I'm going to say about that. And Riley Dixon had the one good punt that Robert Rochelle couldn't cover. But he had another low punt that was returned into Ram territory, set up the Seahawks' first field goal. And then he had another opportunity to pin the Seahawks back, and they fair caught at the 18-yard line, not the best effort. And then the one that Rochelle couldn't tap down. Dixon's been just okay all year, and this was just another okay effort. The only observations I have on the coaching side is I thought we should have went for it after that Ramsey interception. Fourth and three at Seattle's four. Just go for it. We settled for the field goal. And I always offer some criticism on the refing. Are you kidding me? Don't get me started. That running into the kicker call, 
bogus. The personal foul on Ramsey, bogus. Should there have been taunting on Quandre Diggs, perhaps? Should there have been a personal foul on DK Metcalf, perhaps? Should there have been a penalty on Taylor Rapp on that sideline hit? I don't know. I'll have to go back and look at that. Maybe that was one that turned out in our favor, but the rest, not a good day for the NFL referees in this game. And that's really disappointing. Really disappointing if you're a Detroit Lions fan to see your playoff chances go down in flames on a couple of needless calls in an extremely important game. The announcers, hey, these guys are okay, whatever. Although I will say they had Darion Kendrick listed as a starting cornerback. Don't know where they got that. I didn't see Kendrick all day. Was he out there for the first play, making him officially the starter? I don't know. I think it was Ramsey and Hill, and we saw some Durant out there as well. Kendrick may have played. I didn't catch it. I don't think he was a starter. Leave it at that. We'll be back in a minute with our loop around the league. More of a status update on the NFL playoffs what things look like next week. We'll wrap things up with that in a second. Let's get into our loop around the league, do things a little bit differently this time. We're not going to get into every game, just the stuff that matters and what next weekend looks like. Let's get through the AFC first. The Jags beat the Titans. Thanks in large part to that scoop and score late in the game. Miami beats the Jets 11-6. And by the way, talk about bad beats. Jets were plus three and a half. It's a 9-6 game at the end there. And Miami scores on a safety late in the game when the Jets are trying to pull off one of those crazy multiple lateral plays. So my condolences if you had the Jets plus three and a half. With the Patriots lost to the Bills, that gives the Dolphins the seven seed. The Bengals handled the Ravens. The Chiefs took care of the Raiders on Saturday. And the Chargers lose to the Broncos in a meaningless game and suffered a scare. Mike Williams leaving the field. And it looked serious. It turned out it was just back spasms. So hopefully he'll be good to go next week. And Joey Boza, who just came back from that groin injury, apparently... Heard it again. Not sure why he was even out there. They're trying to ease him back into play, I guess. Hopefully he was not there in the second half. He shouldn't have been if he was. And same with Mike Williams, for that matter. So the Chiefs get the bye. Next week we have the Chargers at the Jags. Ravens at the Bengals, a rematch of this week's game. And the Dolphins at the Bills. That one could be fun. And the only other game I will mention... In the AFC, the Texans rallied to beat the Colts. A 28-yard TD with 50 seconds left and the two-point conversion gives them the win and they are rewarded with dropping from the first pick in the draft to the second pick. I know these guys want to go out there and win. I know know their competitiveness can take over. But hey, if I'm a Texan fan, I just assume you took a couple knees there. Escape with the loss and the top pick in the draft. Now that first pick belongs to the Bears. In the NFC, the 49ers, Vikings, and Eagles all win, so that pecking order remains the same. The Eagles get the bye. The 49ers, the two seed. The Vikings, the three seed. 
The Cowboys, not a great way to end the season, losing to the Commanders 26-6. Commanders finally playing Sam Howe, their rookie quarterback, a guy my special assistant really liked coming out in the draft. So next week, Dallas travels to Tampa Bay, the Giants at the Vikings, the Eagles get the bye, and Jared Goff and the Lions beat the Packers, propelling the Seahawks into the playoffs. They will travel to San Francisco. Really disappointing. I would love to see the Lions and Jared Goff traveling to San Francisco. We didn't do our part, though, but great win for Jared Goff. Don't think the Seahawks have much of a shot at San Francisco. Schedule just announced, by the way. On Saturday, the Seahawks at the 49ers, the Jags at the Chargers. On Sunday, the Dolphins at the Bills, the Giants at the Vikings, and the Ravens at the Bengals. And on Monday, the Cowboys at the Bucks. I'll be making predictions for every game later this week, but I'm going to give you my Super Bowl prediction right now. I'm taking the Bengals over the Eagles in the Super Bowl. That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. Visit our website at ramsup.com. And don't forget about our YouTube channel. Our handle is at laramsup.com. Till next time, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there. Music courtesy of the YouTube Audio Library. Tracks featuring Bar Crawl by Track Tribe. Buckeye Banzai by Vans in Japan and Crimson Fly by Hamama.